I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 97 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, things you love, things you hate, things you want to hear more of on the show, Guys, football is right around the corner, getting so, so hyped. These divisional breakdowns are marching on. We are covering the AFC West this week. We already covered the Chiefs. If you missed that, go back and check it out. We are diving into the Raiders. And can I just ask a huge favor? If you have 30 to 45 seconds in your super, super duper busy lives, pause the podcast right now. Jump over whatever your favorite podcast listening platform is Make sure you subscribe, please, first and foremost, but also, if you don't mind, if you're enjoying the show, just drop a five-star rating, review, uh, let me know your thoughts. It's really helpful, helps the show get out there to more people. I really appreciate it, and yeah, other than that, let's just dig into it. The main event. Fight! We are back again, folks, back again with... The man, the myth, the legend, Eric Moody at Eric and Moody on Twitter. Give him a follow if you don't already. I'm sure you probably do if you know anything about anything. But just in case, do it. It is well worth it. We are diving into the Las Vegas Raiders, and there is an awful lot to talk about, I must admit. Yeah. Um, so apologies, Eric, if it's going to take me about five minutes to get this uh, this back background of um, all the key changes that have happened since last year. Are you ready to dive into the Raiders? Oh, yeah. We're ready to dive into the Raiders. The Raiders. Let's do it. So last year, 10 and 7 in 2021, they actually finished second in the division. Quite surprising considering all the upheaval that they had to go through throughout the season. As we know, head coach John Gruden got sacked halfway through the season. Uh, we probably don't need to go into that. We probably all know why. A lot of controversy, a lot of bad bad things happening that have been brought to light. GM Mike Mayock actually made it to the end of the season, but he was relieved of his duties after the season. So they've got a whole new coaching staff. They've got a whole new front office, all new for the Las Vegas Raiders. They basically created New England 2.0. I'll be honest with you. So they brought in um, they brought in Josh McDaniels to be their head coach, longtime offensive coordinator over in New England, short-time Denver head coach back in the day, not too successful with that. Um, they did bring in new offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi, comes over from New England. He was the wide receivers coach there most recently. And they've also brought in new GM, Dave Ziegler, coming from New England as the director of player personnel. Just happening last week, actually, or maybe even this week, I'm getting my weeks confused. They did appoint new president Sandra Douglas Morgan, who is the first black woman to hold the role of president of a team in NFL history, which is very cool. It's nice to see some positive changes and some interesting and exciting things happening for a team that's really been struggling with bad situations and kind of bad blood and bad scenarios in the last year or two. Some certainly some bad PR, that is for sure. As far as actual offensive changes, there's been a lot of those as well. 
So we didn't just stop with the coaching staff changes. They've brought in a lot of new players. They've lost some players. They brought in Brandon Bolden, again, keeping with this theme of New England 2.0. They signed him to a two-year deal. They brought in Matt Collins on a one-year deal, Demarcus Robinson on a one-year deal, and Keelan Cole. So a bunch of just kind of guys maybe just filling out the receiver room, the running back room. They've even brought in a couple more running backs I didn't even mention because I'm trying as best I can to just stick with guys I think potentially could be fantasy relevant. Um, They traded away Twitter darling Brian Edwards, shed a tear to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to pour one out for Brian Edwards, who I always I liked, but never, uh, never hit the ground running, unfortunately. And this is the blockbuster. This is the big one that's probably been sitting there in the back of your heads already. They traded for Devonta Adams from Green Bay, and he signed a five-year, $140 million deal, though I believe, again, I don't have the exact numbers, but I'm fairly sure it's something more like a two- or three-year deal with like two more years that could end up being extensions and extended on if things are going well. But I think they could get out from under it in two or three years. Derek Carr also signed a three-year extension for $121.5 million. And Hunter Renfro signed a two-year $32 million contract extension. Rounding out the sort of player moves, the personnel moves, in the draft, they did bring in Zamir White, uh, running back out of Georgia in the fourth round. And they signed Sincere McCormick, a UDFA running back as well. Now, obviously, that is an awful lot. That is like dune level epic changes that have happened here um but what's your overall feel eric when you think about when you hear all those changes how does that put you in like what 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 mindset are you in as if you're a vegas fan going into 2022 are you feeling overly positive or maybe a bit trepidatious no i think you should feel uh overly positive you got Derek carr that's there is reunited with his uh college teammate and buddy Devonte adams so the things they probably talked about in the offseason of uh, has actually come to fruition with these two playing together which look at Carr he's been very underrated you know he ranked six with 268.6 passing yards per game and did have six games last season with 300 or more passing yards so he set a career high you know with 4,804 passing yards through 23 touchdowns to 14 interceptions so he also excels like on play action passing too you know he had a completion percentage of 71.7 percent you've got Adams that's coming in that's huge we all know his body of work like he ranks first in receptions receiving yards and touchdowns now I know what some people may be thinking okay well Derek Carr isn't Aaron Rodgers okay we get that but he already has rapport with Adams since they played together at Fresno State and I think that's important he's 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 a he's a good enough quarterback to to make things happen and like you got Josh McDaniels I know you touched on his addition I think he'll continue to lean heavily on the passing game, like with Adams as Carr's uh, number one target. But you think about this division, you know, having to play the Chiefs twice, the Broncos and Chargers. Again, I'll, I'll use the phrase, I think this can end up being another fantasy football bonanza. You got Derek Carr, he can finish as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. You got Josh Jacobs, he's on the RB2 radar. Devontae Adams, you know, firmly on the wide receiver one radar. Don't forget about Hunter Renfro, who's a solid uh, flex options. Uh, to bring all that together, you got Darren Waller, who will see a reduction in targets, but he's still a top five fantasy uh, tight end. So I do like the Raiders offense uh, quite a bit and a lot of the components of it. To your point, I mean, you said their car is no Aaron Rodgers, but we do have it from Devonta Adams' own mouth that they're basically the same. You know, if you remember earlier in the offseason there, Devonta yeah. Adams, I mean, obviously just gassing up his new quarterback, which oh, is, yeah. you know, respect. But uh, yeah, I mean, he said, hey, look, they're basically the same guy. So, you know, we're going to expect 7% put touchdown rate. We're going to expect two interceptions and about 12,000 yards from Carr this year. You heard it from Devonta Adams first. I love what you said. I'm like 
irrationally excited about the Raiders. I think I need to calm down because I'm looking at it here and I'm thinking, you're absolutely right. Derek Carr is much maligned and underappreciated. He's just like, he's sort of like Kirk Cousins. I'm a Vikings fan. He's sort of like Kirk Cousins. Everybody loves to boo on him and just like downplay his ability and his skill. Um, but he's actually, he's actually done really well with not a lot oh, yeah. to work with over the last few years. So again, if we look back kind of last year, now a lot of coaching staff changes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to compare and contrast what happened in new England versus Las Vegas. I think that's pretty fair to say that we can tell by the moves they are trying to replicate some of the new England passing game, run game sort of success. If we look at last year, um, Vegas was 22nd in pace of play. New England was 24th. So quite similar in that same ballpark. Probably won't be any major changes there. If we look at the actual pass and run success rates, um, Vegas was actually 51% successful on their passing plays, which was fifth, surprisingly. So even without Devonta Adams and a banged up Waller, um, Derek Carr was making some stuff happen last year. Even like Zay Jones was getting a bit of run at the end of the season. Like he was making it happen. <laughs> New England was actually 50% in their past success rate, which was eighth, which is almost more impressive in some ways to me because, you know, you've got Mac Jones, who was just a rookie and they had like pretty much nobody that they were passing to. I mean, Jacoby Myers is awesome, but he's a UDFA. He's not um, Devontae Adams. So that's pretty impressive as well. And when it comes to rushing, the Vegas, the Raiders were 50% successful on their rush attempts, which was 16th. So sort of middle of the pack and um, New England was 51%. So 13th. So again, pretty similar, maybe a little bit higher. And when we look at actual DVOA, as we touched on last episode, just stands for defensive value over um, average. So it's, it's kind of a fancy term. It just means like, were they above, were they like punching above their weight or were they actually worse than we expected them to be? The Raiders came in at 19th. New England came in at 9th. So they were a top 10 offense in DVOA last year. And if you think again, what they were working with, they weren't really working with that many superstars on offense. So I'm pretty excited when you throw in Devonta Adams, when you throw in who Hunter Renfro is becoming, when you throw in a healthy Darren Waller, I'm getting pretty excited about it. And overall, they're a, they're a actual just success rates for pass and um, run was 51%, which was good for seventh. New England was... 50%, which is 10th. So again, there's a lot of positives there, a lot of things to be kind of excited about, I think. And you touched on it already. We'll talk about it throughout this whole series when we're talking about the AFC West. It is an absolute smorgasbord of fantasy points over here in the AFC West this year. I mean, I cannot imagine there being a lot of, you know, 17, 12 games in the AFC West. So when you're thinking Raiders skill position players, Again, I'm going to throw out the one to 10. Where are you at? What would you say roughly as a one to 10 scale on your confidence levels going into 2022 for the Raiders? Yeah, it's very similar to uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I, I would rank them in an eight because you've got a, a quarterback, you know, that could exceed expectations. You've got solid, uh, a solid running back, you know, and uh, Josh Jacobs, and you've got really two very fantasy relevant and capable receivers in Renfro and Adams and also a top tier tight end in Waller. So it's a lot to be excited about. Uh, in this offense. And, and I think you want to have exposure to this team on your uh, fantasy rosters in 2022. I love it. I love it. And that transitions us. So we're going to actually, rather than just say, because again, I'm really big on actionable advice. I try and always to the best of my ability. And I think my guests do a fantastic job of this, of giving you some actionable advice. So we talk facts and figures and stats and projections, but then we actually say, go get this player or get rid of this player or try this trade. And we talk about trades that we've done to give you ideas 
how to make your teams better and be able to compete for longer and give yourself better chances at success. So we're going to talk buys, buys, and stashes. Um, so that's a biggest buy. Like who are we getting onto our team? Who are we saying goodbye to getting rid of before it's too late? And who is the sneaky stash for us? So I'm going to let Eric go first, guess mm-hmm. first here. Who's your biggest buy? Like who are you going out and trying your best to get on the team before the season starts? Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of throw two names out. So instead of one, because I just feel so strongly about these two players. You know, one is Derek Carr. Uh, I know the passing yardage is there, but the uh, passing touchdowns is not. I think Devonte Adams will be able to help uh, Derek Carr in that particular area. So Carr's only averaged twenty three point six passing touchdowns per game over the last three seasons. Uh, I think he'll end up exceeding thirty, in my opinion. So he's going to be able to set like a career high in that area. But you look at Hunter Renfro. I know Devontae Adams is a stud. Uh, he's got the numbers to back it up. But I think a lot of fantasy managers are overlooking uh, Hunter Renfro. And now the Raiders did have the third most pass attempts last season. I do see that trend continuing in 2022. Uh, you think about the, I would say, the defensive attention that Devontae Adams will command. That's going to open things up even more for someone like Renfro, who is exceptional, I would say, creating separation from defenders. So those are two names for you. I I mean, I wish I could disagree, but again, Eric is just too smooth. He He's convinced me. No, I've, I've actually got Derek Carr here as my biggest buy. So I'm 100% with Eric on this. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I will just say uh, something that I love about Derek Carr is that his price point, because people have yeah. just got it in their head. One thing that I would really highly recommend if you don't already do it is – learn one of the biggest edges you can get especially in dynasty is not having take lock you can make up your mind on a situation but be quick to change it when you're kind of confronted with new information so as sort of i the fantasy footballers so eloquently put it stay water be water you got to change your your ideas when new information comes along Everyone's just decided Derek Carr is kind of garbage and he's just rubbish. And he comes in at QB 16 when you're, and this is just from last week. So this is not like from last year when people are doing super flex startups on sleeper, which again is my fantasy platform of choice, but it could be Yahoo, could be ESPN, whatever you want. Um, The average draft position, he's coming in at QB 16. So he's coming in at like sort of a low mid to low end QB two. I think that's a smash 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 buy or accept or like if i i would love to have any super flex league i'm in this year i'm super happy with Derek cars my qb2 so i would 100 agree Derek Carr, i think is a dude he's only had four percent i think last year was like his touchdown rate was around four percent i mean an average of a decent quarterback is about five percent and he is definitely a decent quarterback he's better than decent i mean guys like aaron Rodgers are hitting six and a half seven percent regularly um so Five percent is very easily achievable for him. I really think you should go out, acquire some Derek Carr for your super flex leagues. What about your biggest buy? So who are you saying goodbye to out of this roster? Kind of a bit trickier, maybe, of a question. <laughs> yeah, again, I think we'll be aligned on this one, but it's it's tough to look at Josh Jacobs' situation and not want to move on from him. He's only twenty four years old, entering his fourth season. Uh, but when you look at the Raiders, where they decline Jacobs' fifth year option, I think that. I think that action and that decision speaks louder, obviously, than words. Now, Jacobs has had three consecutive high-end RB2 seasons. And, and again, now is a really great time to move on from him, just given the uncertainty moving forward, because we don't know exactly where he'll land. But even from like a fantasy lens, if you if you kind of look at it more on a week-to-week basis, like in 2021, like Jacobs scored 10 or more fantasy points in all but one week. However... He surpassed 20 fantasy points just twice all season. Not exactly a league winner. Steady. 
you know, he's consistent and reliable. But again, in fantasy to win, you really want difference makers. And unfortunately, Josh Jacobs isn't one. I mean, guys, I feel like I'm a broken record over here. I feel like uh, I'm just all, all I'm doing is agreeing with Eric. But how could you not agree with a man as smart as Eric Moody? I agree 100%. Josh Jacobs, he is my goodbye, see you later player. In general, I'm just not hyped on running backs going into their second contracts. Usually in Dynasty, it's just a big warning sign for me. And we've talked about getting out a year early rather than a year late. He's still coming in as RB21 in startup, so people still value him as that kind of mid to low end RB2. I mean, he's getting the same value as like an Aaron Jones. If I have to have a running back in their second contract, I'd much rather have Aaron Jones, who's catching a lot yeah. of passes, has finished as a top 10 running back last couple of years in a row. Um, you know, so my my point in him being a sell is like, even if you're just like, hey, I'm a contender, why do I want to sell him? Well, there's other guys you can pivot to that I think give you a higher, higher floor and a higher ceiling. But if you're middle of the pack or lower, you want to get out now while you can still get decent return on him. You can probably get an AJ Dillon plus. Um, you can probably get, you know, Ramondre Stevenson plus plus on top of it. So those are some names or some guys that I would look at trying to uh, pivot away from. And again, we talked about it. Vegas looks like they're becoming New England 2.0. Bill Belichick doesn't really splash out with big contracts for second, you know, second contract running backs. They kind of just churn through the running backs. Damian Harris was fine. They brought in Ramondi Stevenson. They've drafted two more guys this year. They've already drafted Zamir White. Oh, wait, that reminds me. Who's your sneaky stash, Eric? <laughs> I'm chuckling because we're like, we're, we're calibrated here. Uh, definitely Zamir White. It, it, you know, it kind of piggyback off of what I was saying about Josh Jacobs. It's like, Given that situation, you know, you've got Kenyon Drake there. They draft Samir White in the fourth round. It's hard not to want to stash this guy. And I think some people look at Samir White and he's not really on the radar because he didn't do quite as much at uh, the University of Georgia. Uh, you know, this guy was a five-star recruit out of high school, but he was in a backfield uh, that uh, ended up having, you know, he had to share time like with DeAndre Swift and like with James Cook, you know, throughout his time there. So he didn't put up huge numbers, but he's a great athlete. You know, he had eerily similar combine numbers to running backs such as Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. And, and that should get your attention. And so I think now's the, the, the time to obviously acquire Zamir White. You know, who knows? It's not outside the realm of possibility that he does, you know, lead this backfield, you know, the second half of the season. So we'll see. Copy and paste. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what Eric said. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because this guy's nickname in high school was Zeus. You know, I mean, he's not he doesn't get a nickname about a Greek god for nothing. This dude oh. is insane. He is a physical freak. He unfortunately had some injuries that he's dealt with, but he's come back the other side of it and to your point, he is super cheap. He's RB 47 in a startup right now. So again, you're getting him for practically nothing i mean mm -hmm. when you're talking rb4 five numbers even for a potential zero rb guy like myself that's still not very expensive um to be buying in on so i agree 100 i think mm -hmm. worst case scenario he still is going to be higher adp than rb47 going into next year so even if he's not taking over the backfield he'll still probably be considered an rb3 uh maybe even a low-end rb2 by next year so you're still making money eric is smashed what can i say he is a, he is the man. What do you have for us? Bull prediction, Las Vegas Raiders style. What are we What are we talking for twenty twenty two Super Bowl? Are we talking Super Bowl? <laughs> nah, I don't know. I don't know about a Super Bowl, but I could see this team winning uh, winning ten games. But I, I think for the, the fantasy fanatics out there, it's like you know Derek Carr finishing as a top four fantasy quarterback. I'm like the potential's there. I know folks are enamored by rushing quarterbacks, but just given the playmakers that he has at his disposal at all the positions. 
And with having someone like Devontae Adams to help in the red zone, I'm like, that that increase in touchdowns could really catapult Carr, you know, to a, a career fantasy finish. So dang it. Eric, you're always stealing my thunder. I was going to say Derek Carr, and then I was like, well, I don't want to be too spicy here. So I was going to say maybe like a top six, and you go in the top four. Well, I got nothing. I got nothing. I was going to say, you know what? I can see him smashing 5,000 passing yards, hitting 30 you know, passing touchdowns, finishing as like a top six quarterback, and then you hear top four. So I'm, I got nothing. I, I agree. I think Derek Carr is going to be a smash this year. I think he's going to be awesome. I will say then my, my bull prediction is that – Darren Waller returns to form. I think he's a. I say he's a. He's a top three tight end this season for fantasy. I would say. I think. Mm-hmm. I think this offense is going to be a lot better than people think. Devonte Adams means they can't just focus on Waller in the end zone, red zone. They also yeah. can run. They're going to have a running back by committee approach. There's going to be a lot of different things going on. So I think Waller bull prediction could be a top three tight end again this year for fantasy. There you go, folks. Las Vegas Raiders get into the silver and black. It's going to be a good year. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. <laughs> 